I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined as always by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com and Lamar Jackson Truther. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Lamar Jackson. This is a special weekend pot. Nobody knows this one's coming. Nope, no one. Not even us. <laughs> Not even us. <laughs> We're like, hey, let's do a weekend pot. We haven't did a weekend uh, in a while. Uh, but Lamar Jackson plays tomorrow, which you probably listen to this on Sunday, but oh well. He plays Mahomes and the Chiefs. I'm not expecting a win. I get this, <laughs> but can at least be within 10 points. That's all I want. We'll see. We'll see. It'll be exciting. So on the on the pod today, we are doing our bench units. We realized that we had done all the other rankings, and we've done bench units over the last two years as well. So for the third annual, we can't stop doing bench units and then we realized well okay if we're gonna do that it has to be this weekend because next week we're doing player previews and we want to focus all our attention on that and then after that we got media day and so i mean the season is sneaking up on us ever so slightly uh, and it's finally coming really really soon so we wanted to do a weekend pod and rank these benches um it may have been a mistake though this was impossible i mean this is horrible (laughs) this is the worst one we do I literally told Nick before, I was like, I have a top four and then I have a bottom yeah. six and right. then everything in between because how you have an opinion on somebody's bench unit, it I mean, it just varies because you might have one bench that has a really good one player right. that comes off the bench and how do you judge that based off of, uh, a team who has a really good overall bench but not like an all-star type of player or something like that. So this is purely opinion-based right now. Uh, I think once the season gets going, month or so into the season, we can kind of see some. Because like last year, I thought Denver was very shallow on the in their bench, but then they end up having a really good bench because guys like Malik Beasley and Torrey Craig end up being like pretty good players for them. So it's guys like that you never know who are going to be good or not. Yeah, so we're gonna go and rank the benches. This is gonna be probably more one of the more of the fluid rankings we've done. I'll, pro- I'll probably change a bunch of mine. Uh, and we'll just kind of discuss the benches in general and just see who has a deep bench and who doesn't, pretty much. Uh, who And where the Mavs rank among all the benches and how deep we think the Mavs bench is compared to other teams because we've talked about the Mavs starting lineup and the Mavs starting lineup is probably middle of the pack. They have two really, really good players, three you know, fairly average players, and then uh, their bench, we'll, we'll see how they rank. So, But before we do that, Isaac, we have a couple more five-star iTunes review questions. These are always scary because you never tell me these in advance. No, I don't. Um, so they're, they're coming in. We appreciate you guys sending the five-star iTunes review questions. We got a couple more. I'm doing a couple at a time, uh, but we've got a bunch. So uh, keep sending them in. Give us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and put a question in it, and we will answer it on the next podcast that I pull them from. So pull them for, pull them from. Uh, EMVHS. Mvs twenty one VHS MVHS emergency VHS. Um, he has two questions. One of them's from me, and one of them's directed at you. 
Oh, cool. The one for me is Nick. If you had to I choose swear. only one pro duo to win a championship, would you pick Luca or KP, or Andy Dalton and AJ Green? Stop. There, you know the right answer to this. <laughs> this is not even a question for me. I, I would absolutely pick Luca and Porzingis. I am in a crossroads with the Bengals right now. I grew up in Cincinnati. Um, kind of a Bengals fan, kind of really adopted them in high school. The Carson Palmer days kind of drew me in. Um, but th- this team has been so embarrassing over the last couple of years. Now they're just embarrassing because they're bad. But before they were like signing guys and they had these, they just had players that I was just not interested in rooting for. Joe Mixon is now one of these players that I'm just not interested in rooting for. Uh, and I don't mm-hmm. like when he succeeds. And, uh, and yeah, I'm, Ever since 2015, that game with the the Steelers, I am I am my Bengals fandom has been very much lacking, and I do not care about their success. So, uh, Luca and KP for sure. I the question for Isaac from VHS is: uh, mm. in respects to international sports, what do you think the oh. NBA could do to increase interest in Team USA, and what would they want to do? Would the owners find value in that? First off, why is this directed towards me? No clue. I was just wondering um. that too. <laughs> Second of all, what is it? What is it? Okay, wait. What do you think what the NBA has to do to-, to increase interest in Team USA? I'm guessing he could be talking about the players. Okay, well, I'm just gonna be real, be real with you. Anything outside the Olympics, I don't think you're ever gonna. I mean, unless there's just like the Jeff Van Gundy teams. It it it's really on the grand scheme of things, it's insane that Jeff Van Gundy and guys like Jamil Warney, like those type of guys, literally win games and qualify America for things like the World Cup, for things, you know, like the Olympics coming up. So like as far as the stars, I don't think you're gonna I honestly don't think you're ever going to get them to come to anything other than the Olympics. I don't I don't think there's nothing you're going to do about it either. Yeah, the Team USA committee would have to find some way to tie in playing in the Olympics and the FIBA tournaments, right? Like, unless you play in FIBA, then you can play in the Olympics. And even then, yeah. I, just, I don't know if anyone's going to be super interested. They're like, okay, well, then I won't do it, you know? Yeah, I mean, it just comes down to, I mean – there's a pride factor. I mean, it's, it's a very gray area because you have somebody like Harrison Barnes who, you know, he barely made the team for the Rio Olympics, barely. And he never really even played, but like he, he wanted to go back to the world cup. He wanted to play in FIBA. And he's like, anytime I have the chance to wear my country across my chest, I'm going to do it. I take, he takes a lot of pride in that, but then you have somebody, but you can't fault somebody like Steph Curry who doesn't because he knows that, because when you boil it down, you know, Harrison's also speaking from a point of knowing he's probably not going to make the Olympic team if everybody comes out for it. When you got somebody like Steph Curry, he's definitely going to make the Olympic team. So it's a, it's kind of too, like, but you can't take any way, anything away from Steph. I think it's, it's the angle that you were talking about too. It's what Jerry Colangelo and them want to do. Cause you hear them coming out of this thing and like, Hey, yeah, we took note. We know the guys who backed out and all that stuff. Shots of deer and fox. I don't care how much how big he wants to poof his chest out and try to act big about the guys who backed out. I'm sorry. It comes Olympic time. You're going to welcome these guys back with open arms, especially since you got seventh in FIBA. <laughs> exactly. So I don't I don't buy any of that. There. I don't think they're going with if push came to shove. 
they're not going to do anything to jeopardize the biggest stars playing for them on the biggest stage, which is, which is the Olympics. For sure. Nico, the accountant, sends it a five-star review question. He said, with the changing dynamic of player movement in the NBA, what do you view as the key factors to keeping Luka and KP as Mavericks for life like Dirk? How much of an impact does, of Dirk's good, official, unofficial goodbye tour will play into this? So what do we think the Mavs can do going forward to help keep Luka and KP? And uh, how much of an impact did Dirk's goodbye tour have? Do you think that it... Do, let's start with that. Do we think that... K- Dirk's unofficial goodbye tour impacted Luca in any way. Um, I don't. Ten uh, percent. It's really hard I mean, to say what impacts Luca and what doesn't. Yeah, it's just a it's just a loyalty type thing. I think the only thing it showed was, man, like this is what it could look like. You know, this is this is how a team, a professional franchise in a city backs a player and backs a certain when you succeed at the highest level this is what that support looks like um yeah there's a lot of underlying things of that of like man will i ever reach that level what do i have to do to reach that level dirk is dirk no one will ever be at dirk's level. um there's a whole different you know thought process with that but what do they have to do right now to keep them long term as of right now I i think they just have to field a competitive team yeah, I mean, I think that, I think right now and moving forward, that that's the biggest thing out of anything, is you know you want to win, and I mean that's what Milwaukee. I think your your test case is what Milwaukee's doing. Obviously, Milwaukee city wise isn't Dallas, uh, but Dallas also isn't LA and New York, and that's just part of it. Um, I think your yeah your test case is watching what Milwaukee does with, with Giannis, and can they get Giannis to a finals before he hits free agency? And I think that's going to be the you know the key point for Dallas of can you field a team good enough to hit the finals before Luka has the chance to hit free agency? Yeah, and the Warriors too. The Warriors fielded a really competitive team. And they kept all their guys, all the the three guys that matter. They kept them, and I don't think people talk about that enough when it comes to loyalty. And there are cases like Damian Lillard too, where that guy stayed for a really long time, uh, and he's staying now. You know, probably for the rest of his career. Like there are cases. There's just so many players that are they're not happy with their certain situation. Uh, and the Spurs, and, the Spurs had championship type teams and then Kawhi still wanted to leave. Sometimes there's just nothing you can do. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes there's nothing you can do. Um, I think something that has, uh, that could, uh, impact Luca a little bit, depending on how much power Luca wants to have as he gets older in the league is look at the impact that Dirk had with the upper management and stuff. You know, we talked about the big decision makers, you know, with Dallas and, you know, especially the second half of Dirk's career. Dirk was a part of that. We, I mean, it's all rumored about his role and to get, you know, getting Rondo and that trade and how much he did want Rondo and all that stuff. Like things were ran past Dirk. And I think Cuban and Donnie and them have shown a willingness of saying, Hey, Dirk was, our star and we included him in these decisions. And I think, I think that could be impressive to Luca of like, Hey, like I seen what, how they, you know, in, incorporated Dirk in this, in these big decisions moving forward. Uh, I think that could be me too. So somehow don't want to jeopardize anything with that. Yeah. Somehow show that he's in the inner circle, right? That, that the decisions aren't yeah. just going to be made over his head and that he just has to deal with it. I think that's a big thing, which is a big a lot thing. Of it's that- relations. Yeah, it's a big thing that our generation wants. When when big sweeping moves happen and we weren't involved, it's like, oh well, you didn't care about me enough to actually let me know <laughs> or, or or get me involved. I didn't think that you'd 
you know, maybe we didn't even think that you would take our opinion, but just that we would know, you know. So anyway, yeah, and 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 we never know. You mentioned too, we don't ever know what Luke is gonna want in ten years. Nobody wants years, now stuff like that. Yeah, but th- <laughs> like that's that's the type of thing. Like if you're looking eight eight years down the road, <clears throat> no matter if the Mavericks have won a title or not, and Luke is like. Bro, I want to live on a beach. I want my own dang yacht because he loves yachts. And, you know, <laughs> definitely some wanna, kind of w- boat component going forward. Yeah. And he wants to live the lifestyle and he wants LA. And also, I know this is like super dark path, but I'm just saying, we don't know what Luke is going to want. So it, it's hard to even fathom right now or even think about Luke of free agency and like, oh, what can you do now? I think the one thing is now is you want to build the relationships he has now in the organization. You want to prove to Luca that, hey, we're going to be there with you. We're going to help grow. You're going to be a part of this and all the big decisions moving forward. But the biggest thing is we're going to build a team around you that uh, could potentially win titles sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Coming up, let's get to our benches, figure out where we think the Mavs bench stacks up against the rest of the benches in the NBA. I'm going to have to be really careful saying the word benches so much because if I just keep saying the word benches, it's going to sound really weird. And if I say benches too much, it'll turn into something else, and I don't want to do that. So we'll talk about the benches in the NBA coming up next. <laughs> All right, Isaac. So, yeah, let's just go from, from the top. I mean, who do you think are the, the top five or so benches? I, my top one right now is the Clippers. I think that one's pretty clear. Good. I think this might be the only one that we agree on. Uh, this one, literally, we could have, we could have like a twenty spot difference in the. I don't know. Twenty spot would be huge. It's just we could have a fifteen spot difference in and, opinions, and on it wouldn't even be a big deal. <laughs> yeah, and it wouldn't. Be, that's what Nick. We were texting earlier. He's like, we might argue about some of these. I'm like, honestly, I don't know. I don't think I will because there's so many of them that I'm like, mm, okay, cool, toss up, but. Yeah, the Clippers one has to be far and away the best. You have, we were talking before, how you judge some of these bench units when you have a, a, a team that might have one really good player. You look at like Kuzma in LA. Yeah. Good good player off the bench, but then a huge drop off after that. Right. How do you judge that against somebody else's team? But the Clippers, I say that because I want to set up for the Clippers. They're one of the few teams that has a soft, like really good players, but multiple of them. You have Lou Williams, you have Montrose Harrell, you have Shamit. Uh, I feel like I'm even miss- missing somebody else off the bench too, but Jermichael J- Green, if he doesn't start. Patrick Patterson. Um, yeah. But, oh, they I have, mean, the, they, they have uh, uh, Fiondu Cavangeli. They just drafted the center, the three and D center that they just drafted. They have Terrence Mann. They just got in the second round. Uh, Jerome, Jerome Robinson. Jerome Robinson. Which they, was picked a, in, they picked in the lottery last year. Lottery pick. So uh, I think how, <clears throat> I mean, if you combine that, I mean, Shamit is literally their third best player off the bench, and he's he, a really he, good role player. And so. he might start, too. That's the other thing is people kept saying, like, oh, you guys started the wrong guy. And one person even said, you guys started, like, half the players you started were in the wrong position, which is ludicrous. <laughs> but Half? <laughs> Half is well, first off, I'd like to know who this guy is who knows the starting units already. I know. Already. Send me a, so send me a spreadsheet. Shout out to you, bro. Send me a spreadsheet, buddy. Are you friends with Scott with Brian? Anyway, keep going. <laughs> uh, but some of these guys could, I mean, the, the starters will change. And even the ones that we think will definitely start now. I mean, even what if the Mavericks decide that Maxi should start instead of Dwight Powell? They get through the season and Maxi is just killing it. And he just looks like he's a better fit with Porzingis. There's something chemistry-wise that makes it work that they play better together than 
Porzingis and Dwight Powell. Then all of a sudden, the, the Mavericks bench changes. Now maybe it doesn't change the, you know, the their ranking or whatever, but it could things could like that could change for every single team right now. Dallas's yeah. fifth starter right now. Literally, I mean, yeah, <laughs> we're taking our guesses at people, but like it literally could be like five people right now, and, and we, that could interchange so much. And we've covered the team religiously and in person for years, and we don't know. Yes, <laughs> that's wild. We talk, we've talked about it every day for the whole summer. Number two, I think, has to be the Denver bench: uh, Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, Tory Craig, Mason Plumley, Jeremy Grant. Then the wild card is Michael Porter Jr. That as a huge wild card, but I think they have to be number two. Okay, uh, yeah, I guess I'd put him at. I have him at three, but now you can. I didn't scroll to, farther to the right. And I didn't, I forgot about Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, so I'll put them at two also. Uh, this is my case in point. Like I said earlier, <clears throat> last year we didn't like. Last year was kind of Monte Morris's a little bit of coming out party. It was definitely. Uh, knew, he was a two way yeah, player the knew. year before. Okay, so like Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, Tory Craig. Three guys that were, I mean, played huge for Denver last year. Massive. Played big playoff minutes for them. And yeah, I mean, I think uh, Andy Bailey, our friend Andy Bailey, threw this out on Twitter the other day. He said, guys, what if Michael Porter Jr. is good this year? Yeah. <laughs> that just holds, I mean, that just brings a whole different dynamic to that Denver team. So, and Jeremy Grant, they basically got him free. Okay. I mean, yeah, they traded like a first round pick. They traded but first, but whatever. It's going to be a first that's like 25th. And right. there, there's a chance. Solid. There's a chance that Jeremy Grant could end up starting. Over Paul Millsap without any injuries, yeah. like there is a chance he just he fits so well. He's a he's a rare, you know, guy that can roll to the rim and pop out for threes. There's just not many players in the NBA that can do both, uh, and he's one of the few role players that can actually do it. And uh, it just it'd be a little surprising if he started over Millsap, but it's possible. He's, he's and good. make your jokes all you want, but like Mason Plumlee was on Team USA, yeah, in FIBA this you know, this past summer. They just have a they have a. They have one of the best overall rosters in the league, and they yeah. brought a lot of these guys back. I've said it before; they're my early pick for the, to, for the best record in the Western Conference this year. Um, don't know how far they're making the playoffs, but as far as regular season wise, I think they'll be a really good team. Yeah, Mason Plumlee, a solid backup center. He's not. He's not. He's one of those guys. that's not a good starting center. If you're starting Mason Plumlee, something's gone wrong. But if, he, but if he's coming off your bench, you're doing pretty well. Uh, number three, I had Brooklyn. Whoa, me too. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan is another guy where you're like, if DeAndre Jordan's coming off your bench as your center, you feel pretty good. If he's your starter, then you know you have to question what the rest of your team looks like. Uh, yep. Torian Prince they got from Atlanta for nothing. I love that pickup. Uh, Garrett Temple, who they gave that solid, contract but... to, solid. Zion uh, and Musa, who could turn into something, uh, and then Kevin Durant, who's questionable and injured on the bench. So, but he's there. He's on the bench. I'm not counting him part of the Didn't count him as part of the the calculus, but yeah, Yeah, I mean obviously looking at this, Din Dinwiddie's really, really good. Um DeAndre Jordan, Torian Prince, solid guys. I mean, if you're bringing them off your bench, I mean that's a uh it kinda goes back to the hey, DeAndre Jordan uh as your starter making twenty two a year. Holy crap, man, dang. Uh here comes the scrutiny. But DeAndre Jordan coming off your bench giving you fifteen, you know, twenty minutes a night. Uh, for a much cheaper cost, uh, solid value at that point. So, yeah, sure. Brooklyn. They also have Wilson Chandler, who's missing a whole bunch of games at the beginning of the season. They drafted Nick Claxton, um, and they also have David Nuwaba, who's like one of those guys that secretly a whole bunch of people always like. liked him. <laughs> yes. There you go. That's exactly what I just said. Number four, I have Sacramento's bench. Mm. 
I think it's a good okay. bench. They have Bogdan Bogdanovich, Harry Giles, Trevor Ariza, uh, Nemanja Bialica, and Corey Joseph. That's five solid players coming off the bench. Uh, and so I just put them up pretty high because I think that they're it's decent. Okay. Uh, I do like Bogdan a, a bunch. They also Harry have Giles, yeah. They also have Yogi, uh, Yogi Ferrell that oh, we know well. Yogi. They have Rashawn Holmes and they have Caleb Swanigan still. Uh, Two way player Kyle Guy is an interesting player that we profiled oh, with uh, Mavs draft. So, okay. um, yeah, I just thought it was a solid bench with five solid players, so I put them up pretty high. Yeah, I have them up there too. I probably should have had them higher, but um, I had them at seven, so not too far off. <clears throat> I do like them. I, I feel like if we if we both say something about every bench, we're going to be here forever. So I was going to say, yeah, we need to, we need to fly through the rest of these. So coming up, we're going to fly through the rest of these benches uh, and just talk about them very quickly. All right, Isaac. So at number uh, five, I had San Antonio Spurs bench. That's how I have two. Nice. I mean, we don't talk about them too much, but you have Derek White. Um, you have Patty Mills, uh, love you know, love both those guys. Come on, I mean Derek White was huge for Team USA this summer as far as making the team and all that stuff. Uh, Yaka Pertle, uh, love freaking love Lonnie Walker. Hopefully he's healthy. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be a sleeper for him. Uh, but yeah, I like them a lot. Going back for me at bench four for me, I have Indiana. Okay, I like. I, I like Indiana's bench. They brought in Jeremy Lamp. They brought in Justin Holiday, two wing shooters. They are they still have McDermott coming off the bench. That's three really good shooters coming off the bench uh, for the most part. I love Goga. I think that was a sleeper move for them to back up their two bigs. Uh, and then they have their first-round pick, who they wouldn't give up uh, on the trade market at all for, and Aaron Holiday, two Holiday brothers. Yeah, that's true. I, I like Indiana. I liked Indiana's offseason – and I like what they're doing off the bench, too. Interesting. I had them a lot lower, but I think it's the same kind of thing as Sacramento. Um, number five, number six, I had um, the Utah Jazz bench. I didn't know what to do with them. Uh, I I definitely have them a little bit lower. but This is really just going to be like, what is our opinion of these of, of a set of players? It really is right? at like, this point, yes. Uh, Ed Davis. Royce, Royce O'Neal, Dante Exum, hopefully. If they could get anything from Dante Exum, it would be huge. Uh, Gorgas Jang, I always pronounce his name wrong. Uh, and then Jeff Green, those just interesting players on their bench. But I love the Ed Davis, Royce O'Neal, Dante Exum. That is a good, solid three players for Utah. And uh, love, we got to give some love, love to Exum. Utah because of our boss. Yes. Locke, <laughs> y'all have a great uh, – David, you have a great, great bench Excellent up bench. there. I don't even know what number I have them at. I see them in the, like middle of the pack. But. We'll get there. Uh, I'll just give you a couple here in a row. I have the Spurs at five. Well, we got it. I mean, I got to hit it right now because it's our team. I have Dallas at six. Okay, I had them at nine. Yeah, right about there. Listen, Dallas had one of the best benches last year. Obviously, it was kind of quarterbacked by JJ Barea. Uh, Barea is going to be back. Whether how they do his minutes off the bench with with. Brunson and Seth Curry we don't know but Dallas has one of those benches to where it's it's really deep I mean it literally goes six seven guys off the bench there and when you have just kind of three-headed point guard guard uh, combo with Seth JJ and Jalen Brunson three solid guys I mean yes we could JJ Brad arguably had his best statistical season of his career last year you know coming off the bench in Dallas and I think Seth's gonna have a monster year Jalen Brunson's just gonna build off his rookie year um, and then when you get past that, you're looking at both. We know exactly what Bobon's going to give you. 
I mean, we, you can just spell out exactly what Bobon's going to give you off the bench. Uh, Maxi opportunities are endless with this. I mean, with Maxi, you don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah, Maxi is Maxi. He's solid. A lot of the analytical guys love Maxi. Um, and then, yeah, we haven't even mentioned Tim Hardaway Jr. If he's coming off the bench at that point, that's your, so, wi- that's your wild card. <laughs> that's that's the yeah, that's the wild card. And so I just think, yeah, I think Dallas has a. A solid, especially with JJ coming back to deep bench in Dallas. Number seven, I had Toronto. Uh, I wasn't okay. really sure. I wasn't sure what to do with them, but I love Van Vliet and OG. Those are two guys that I just I really yeah. really love. Uh, Van Vliet is prop. You could argue that Van Vliet is the second best player on this whole list. Like Lou Williams, probably number one. Maybe Dinwiddie and then Van Vliet. Like I just don't think that there's many players that are better than him individually and he just had that crazy finals run where he just showed up really big og is huge OG, are you counting kelly olenic in that <laughs> as one of the best players <laughs> i was saying i mean he's on the list isaac i don't know where but okay. he's on the list uh yeah I, so i put them up pretty high because i just i like those two players better than most other pairs on this list yeah i mean i have them at eight so I like what Toronto's doing. Okay, cool. Um, and they took some wildcard shots in Stanley Johnson. Uh, I feel like they Patrick McCaw still. They have Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, yeah. Him and Stanley Johnson, who I think about. They threw some flyers at them and see what they hit with that. But, yeah, I had uh, I had Dallas at six. I had Sacramento at seven. I had Toronto at eight. <clears throat> and then I had the Orlando Magic at nine. Um, it's really weird with some of these teams because – you got you got teams like the Magic. Um, I feel like, I mean the Kings a little bit, uh, but you get some of these like bad teams to where they're bad all the way across the board, or not really bad, but like their starting unit is so bad, but their bench unit is kind of even with that. But it's kind of um, I can't even explain it right, right. But <laughs> where there's anyway, a chance that the bench might beat the starters on any given exactly, practice, right? That's and, what I'm going for. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which would be uh, but, awful as a starting line. It's the same thing as it. It's the Mason Plumlee effect, right? If these guys are starting for you, that's bad. If that's your bench, that's solid. Markel Fultz, solid coming off the bench, uh, and a, and a wild card. You can get a you can get awesome production from Markel Fultz. Or if he starts, you get DJ Augustine, which is probably better coming off the bench. Terrence Ross, Alfaro Camino, Bamba, Kahim Birch. Those are just solid guys to come off the bench. Uh, if they're your starters, you're in a bad place. But they also have Michael Carter Williams. Uh, Wesley Awundu is, is pretty good coming off the bench for them. It's just it's a solid group. And uh, yeah, I had them at 10. Oh, okay. So not too far. Yeah. Um, number eight, I had the Milwaukee Bucks George Hill, um, Sterling Brown, Ilyasova, Pat Connaughton. Oh, dang. Dante Exum. I like that. I liked that group. Uh, DJ Wilson, uh-huh. you add to that. Um, and Robin Lopez. Get the Lopez brothers back together. Wait, what number do you have them at? I have them at eight. Okay. This is our biggest difference. You had them really low? <laughs> 24. That's pretty low. 24. That's pretty low. George Hill's their best play- George Hill's their best player coming off the bench. And, I mean, like, Ilyasova, yeah, it's not Sterling a, Brown. It's not a very top-heavy bench, but I think it's solid. I, I, like, I, those, like, their... I like those four players. Connaughton, Ilyasova, Sterling, George Hill, Robin Lopez, DJ Wilson. See, I thought... I thought they overpaid some for George Hill. He played good for them, but literally I looked at their bench. I'm like, George Hill, okay, cool. Pat Connington, I, I like him some, but DJ Wilson, I'm I'm not. 
Me and Charks differ completely on Charks loves DJ Wilson. I'm not a so fan. Do, so do the Bucks fans. They love him. Um, okay, number nine, I had Dallas. Uh, number eleven, I had or number ten, I had Orlando. I just count. I just skipped ten in my head. Yeah, you did. Number eleven, I had the Pelicans. Yeah, me too. I had him at eleven. Nice. Okay, so the Pelicans. Uh, we're guessing JJ Reddick comes off the bench. If he doesn't, then you get Lonzo off the bench, uh, which would be awesome. Or if they go crazy, then you get like Ingram off the bench, which <laughs> should be even crazier. Everywhere. Josh Hart, uh, Etwan Moore, uh, Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander Walker. Who was really good in summer league? Yeah, I like uh, the people lot. really really like. He's coming off the bench for them too. Uh, they got um, oh man, our international listeners are gonna hate me. The Melly guy that they got from overseas, what's his name? Melly. Melly. Molly? What is it? No, I don't know. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> I can't remember who you're talking about. No, don't make me do this. I really don't. I don't remember. Anyway, 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 they got him, and he's okay. Yeah, Nicolo Melli. Okay, cool. But great player. <laughs> shut up. He's coming over. Um, Julio Okafor is having a resurgence in his career. Somewhat. Stop. You, I'm not letting you talk about the Pelicans anymore. That's it. Okay, so but we just Julio think Okafor. solid players. Okay, who do you have at ten then? I have the Miami Heat. Kelly Linick. I mean, come on. Solid player. I think anybody could've, across the league should be trying to trade for him. Could have, should have, would have been a Maverick. <laughs> he's just, I mean, unbelievable. So, yeah, Kelly Linick. I love Tyler Hero. Mm. Uh, I think he's going to be really good for them. Look good in Summer League, too. Waiters Island, let's go. Derek Jones Jr., I think he's underrated. Um, Myers Leonard, cool. He likes to flex. But, no, I, I don't, I like Miami's bench. I would have Miami's bench higher if they had Myers Leonard's wife in his spot instead of him. She's really good. Give she, me your she, 11 through 15, and then I'll see if I have a different. Yeah, you want to just fly through these? Yeah, let's do five inter- intervals of All five. All right, 12 through uh, – let's do five. So 12 through 16. Uh, I have OKC's bench with Schroeder, Nerlens, Darius Baisley, Roberson, whatever you get, and Mike Muscala. Uh, Portland's okay. bench with Rodney Hood, Anthony Simons, your boy Nas Little. Uh, Anthony Tolliver, Pal Gasol, and then Nurkic whenever he comes back, and then it'll be Whiteside when Nurkic comes back, probably. I have the yes. Knicks bench, which is the same as the like the Magic. Um, Me too. I have him at sixteen. Yeah, you have Kevin Knox, Bobby Portis, Alfred Payton, uh, Damian Dodson, Alonzo Trier, uh, Taj Gibson. So, like that that team would just not be good. But as a bench, you're like those are those are okay. That's okay as a bench. Yes. Um, Minnesota's bench, uh, Culver. Uh, I'll watch Jarrett Culver, uh, Josh Okogie, yeah. Jake Lehman, who is is like the new Chandler Parsons, Kata Bates Jop, um, Shabazz Napier, and uh, Jared Bayless. And then I have the Lakers bench with Kuzma, KCP, Caruso, Dudley, uh, Dwight or JaVale, Quinn Cook. Um, Caruso. That guy. So that, that that's the five teams I have there. 12, okay, 12, I have Lakers 16. at 20. Yeah, OKC. Uh, Blazers. I think a couple of teams, uh, one of the teams I had a little bit higher, I had uh, this team at 13, was the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm. Jay Crowder, Brandon Clark. Love Brandon Clark. Uh, I think Tyus Jones is really uh, underrated. At the moment, we got to include Iguodala. Yeah, that's true. Um, I didn't include him so, in it. Okay. Um, I mean, taking a reclamation project and Josh Jackson, I forgot he was even on Memphis. I know. Um, wow, the Tyus yeah, Jones, Brandon Clark, Jay Crowder—that is, that's like solid. 
I didn't. I, know, I, I, like I put that. them too low. I put them at twenty five. I think, but I admit it's too low. Okay. I yeah. I had them at thirteen. Um, also had the Hawks up there. Uh, Evan Turner kind of headlined that that bench unit, but Cam Reddish, Alan Crab, <laughs> Jabari. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've always liked DeAndre Bembry, but he might not be in the league in like next year or so. But no, he's 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 pretty good. I feel like he's solid. Okay, like let's just do let's like just do it like eight this eight since it's already we're already past who's thirty your, minutes. Who's your bottom five people? The bottom five. Uh, I actually had Atlanta down there. I'm just not. I don't think Cam Rush is gonna be that great right away. Um, I guess Evan Alan Crabb and Evan Turner. I, sh- I, sh- I that's probably a little too low. Um, I think okay. So I'll switch. I'll switch this team then. I, I'll have the Golden State Warriors at 25 then. All right, tw- okay, at 26. Cool. For the bottom five, that is that is a terrible bench. Willie Colley Stein. Right, you sh- you share your last your last five teams, and I'll see how many we got the same. All right, I'll put the Warriors there. Uh, I have okay. Philly's bench. Philly's bench is not good right now. Okay. Um, with with Mike Scott, Zaire Smith, uh, Tybal, uh, Raul oh, Neto. They're, they're brutal. Yeah, that, that those two of those guys, Matias Tybal and uh, Zaire Smith, could jump out and they could become pretty good and make this bench better. But that's their only hope, really. <laughs> Those yes. two guys like take a leap. Cleveland, Larry Nance Jr., Jordan Clarkson, mm. Brandon Knight, Auntie Zizich, Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. played decently well in summer league, but um, or was it the other guy? For, no, never mind. Charlotte's bench is number twenty nine for me. Um, uh, well, Charlotte's bench ain't that bad. Yeah, I guess PJ Washington. Well, the thing like- is, they have interesting names, but they're just not good right now. Like- Miles Bridges is is a solid rookie. I think Monk will be better. Uh, I love PJ Washington. Biombo's not absolutely horrible. I had a bottom two that I I could not like. There was nobody reaching the bottom two level. Washington. That was Cle- Cleveland and Washington was a battle. Okay, this was a battle head to head. I wouldn't. You couldn't pay me to watch these bench units play each other. Washington has Bertans, Wagner, CJ Miles, Mahimi, Jan Jan Mahimi, NBA champion Jan Mahimi, Isaac. That's true. And Troy Brown. Let's go, Washington. Uh, but Cleveland was right there with him. I also had the Warriors. I have the Celtics in a bottom five bench. The Celtics and, we kind of disagreed on as far as who's starting. I still think that Hayward's going to come off the bench for them. See, I think Hayward will start. Marcus Smart will come off the bench. But this is the Celtics bench is tough to rank like this because Marcus Smart is the best player out of any of these bench units in the bottom like six or seven for me. And the best but, player of the bottom. Yes, but it's like, I, I even though I like these guys coming into the draft, that literally their second best player it, off the bench is Grant Williams, is Carson Edwards, semi Ojo, Carson but Edwards. I, I might put Daniel Tice up there. Taco fall. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, these guys, they just they have a very shallow bench. They you cannot. I mean, they can't wait until the buyout market. So. They can get a veteran off the bench for cheap, but it's it's kind of crazy when you look at it too. Because Philly, uh, I have Philly at twenty five. Philly, Golden State, Boston. I mean, these are three Houston. You know, I pretty have good pretty teams. Low. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have them bottom ten for sure. Like these are really good teams. I mean, Mo- I have Milwaukee in the bottom six yeah. or seven. Uh, these are really solid teams. That man, it just shows that you, you're start. You got to have stars because. It's hard to fill our rest of the bench, and we'll see. Golden State's bench is rough. Oof, really rough. Uh, 
unproven. Very unproven. So there you go. Uh, that's a little more brief than we normally do, but there's just so many players on the bench units, and they're just so all over the place. So that's uh, basically like our top 15 and then our bottom five uh, ranked there. So those are our benches. That's where we th- And we did the Mavericks once. That's the one that matters. So we did the benches. Uh, that's it for our, our starting position. On the grand scheme of things, on the grand scheme of things, Dallas should have a top ten bench in the league. And however you want to rank, you know, I say they're a top six or seven bench in the league. That's just it, it comes down to how good could the Luca and KP duo be? Because I think the bench unit. We've been saying this over the past two three years. Man, our bench unit is so good. They play so well together. I wish we had a starting unit to kind of match that. And I think this could be the first year that we kind of mesh the two and we have a good starting unit and a good backcourt unit at the same time so uh could be something special yeah so be encouraged Mavs fans the the Mavs bench should be at least in the top half top 10 of the uh the NBA so that's positive it's a positive development so there you go we'll be back for sure on Monday and uh, we're previewing the players that's coming the yes player previews means we're a week before media day which is when, when, when we try to do these so that should get you excited so there you go guys we'll be back on monday thanks so much for listening to locked on mavs on the weekend peace out boom